And we are live. Yeah, buddy. So it looks like I will be needing to do the intro again. <laughs> because, of course, whenever you have Hill and AJ running the show, there's always going to be some bullshit. You know so, it. I'd like to welcome y'all to another episode of the Three Man Weave podcast. This is episode 77. I am AJL Presidente, the middle child, the middle favorite. <laughs> Your favorite guy, he is out celebrating his birthday. You know, that 40, that big old 40. The big 4-0. 40 is the new 30, that's what they say. Then you know he got them bad knees, so I'm hoping he out there celebrating with any vice of his choice. Um, so we gonna hold it down in his absence, so you know that means it's gonna get a little crazy today, because uh, we have no patterns. So with me today, my co-host, as usual. You already know who it is, your boy Hill. Hill gonna heal regardless, baby. The combative one, you know, saying you say something crazy, I will respond. You know I'm gonna go at you. It is what it is. Hill gonna heal, baby. Let's get it. Y'all know y'all can catch us on all major podcast platforms, Three Man Weave, Instagram, Twitter, Three Man Weave underscore. You can email us at podcast.3.man.weave at gmail.com. And let's get it. Davis, living young, got room for patience. This is a dope podcast. It ain't drugs when we move the bases. Houston, we got a problem taking off like the rockets. This is a three man weed coming at you with topics. Get to hit me with logic, baby. Showtime's back. You slow, catch up. You're on a four now flat. It's imperative transitioning from changing the narrative. You can catch this wave from the Marlins to the Mariners. Doing things you can't believe. It's a three man weed. Come at you with topics. No, you cannot stop it. Doing things you can't believe. It's the three man wing. We come at you with topics. No, you cannot stop it. Man, so let's just start it off, man. Uh, this playoff bubble is. is, is I'm sorry. It's, it's been something. That, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We know we had. I saw. I know we had a pre-production. Know we had pre-production going on. Hey, I mean, we call, live. Got to call Audible, man. Sean Watson just signed a big old deal. Yes, sir. Big old big bag. Four years. Big bank, Hank. Hundred sixty million. You know, thirty nine. Um, thirty nine a year. Didn't um. You know, I don't really know the full full details of it. It's an it's an it's an extension. And it's well-deserved, you know. Absolutely. Watson has been everything as advertised once he was drafted. Don't have an issue with him getting paid at all. He's been bowling. He's been handcuffed by Bill O'Brien. Um, that offensive line, they're just now trying to get it right, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's well-deserved. Well-deserved. Go do you can get your money. I'm not mad at that. Breaking news. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, he's supposed to get paid. You don't... When you have a quarterback, you don't let your quarterback walk, regardless. Right. And so I don't. I and I and that's what's been. You know, I, I hate to bring it up, but that's been the one confusing thing to me about the Cowboys is when you have a quarterback that is a franchise quarterback, they don't hit the market. Franchise quarterbacks don't hit the market, especially if you become a franchise quarterback within your first contract. And so the Texans did exactly what they were supposed to do. Lock their quarterback up and you make sure he is there. And like you said, Deshaun Watson, he's, he's earned it because he's made plays while being handcuffed. He's basically outperformed was that offense. It was literally just him and Nuke just like, throw it up. We going to make something happen. And that's what, and that's what it was. The funny thing about it is to me is, is you know what I'm saying? I mean, they waited a long. They waited too long to pay him too. You know, they should have yeah. got it done before the Mahomes deal. It shouldn't have been a. It shouldn't have been a hard contract to do. It should have been just as easy as just a video I said for that. It should have been just as easy. My only issue is nobody's gonna say a word. Nobody's gonna say a word when it comes to Deshaun Watson getting paid. They might like, oh, 
yeah, he deserves everything. But when it came to that, everybody had every negative thing to say. And I'm trying to figure out what's the problem. I mean, Dak got better stats. Dak got better stats. Dak's like, he got, they got the same playoff record. They've been handcuffed by the same, a different type of coach. You know what I'm saying? Deshaun Watson had a top three receiver his whole entire career. You know what I'm saying? Dak just was just now getting Amari. He had an old, you know what I'm saying, battered Dez. Like, I'm not trying to bring down Deshaun Watson because, like I initially said, he deserved to get paid. But I'm trying to hear the logic that every I'm not I'm I'm please make it make sense. Because nobody's gonna say a word when it comes to Deshaun Watson. But when it came to that, everybody was like, oh, don't pay him and do everything else. I'm trying to get it to make please make it make sense to me. The reason why, like I said before, the reason why it will never make sense, you know, it seems like we are a Cowboys podcast, but we're not. We just have a Cowboys fan and it just, you know, sometimes it relates. But it is, I mean, what it is, it is what it is. Dak Prescott is on a team that everybody loves to hate. I mean, you put Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott in different positions. You put Deshaun Watson on the Cowboys, guess what? They going to hate him. And so, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, is is when you're in the spotlight, they always gonna find a way to hate on you. Instead of down to it, blah blah blah. Guess what? He doesn't do this. But it's not like it's not like Deshaun Watson is a Super Bowl champion. It's not like Deshaun Watson has, you know, made it to the Super Bowl, performed every single time, been to the playoffs every single year. But also, like you said, he's been handcuffed by a coach. Nobody wants, like like, like we said last episode, man, the Cowboys had one of the most predictable offices under Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett. And it is what it is. And for me personally, I've just never liked that whole, when it comes to a winning record, it all falls on the quarterback because guess what? The defense is involved, special teams is involved, and you have 10 other guys on the offense that, that have to be in lockstep. And so football, is, we all, we all, you always hear people talk about football as the ultimate team sport, but they always want to single out quarterbacks. Yeah. It's literally from the coaching staff all the way down to, you know, the special teams players and stuff like that. And so I've always hated how, I mean, it's the glamour position, of course, but if you think about it for me personally, we always have this conversation, you know, is it Brady or was it Belichick? It's the whole machine. It's the sum of all those parts. You can't just say, is it Brady? Because when Brady, you know, went down, you still saw that the Pats went 11 and five, but it wasn't Brady. So it wasn't that part to put you over the top. And I would feel the same way if the Pace, if the Patriots didn't have Belichick and it was just Brady running the show. You don't have that mastermind. You don't have that, you know, meticulous person at the top to tell you, listen, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take you and I'm going to maximize your talent. We always say coaches always get in their way by trying to make their system work. Mm-hmm. Belichick is that one coach who will say, you run you run slants perfect, your timing is perfect on your routes, and it's crisp. You're always in the right spot. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else but run this slant. If you are a linebacker and you fit the run, I'm not going to put you out there on passing downs because guess what? That's not what you do well. So many other coaches want to make you do something that you can't and say, hey, this is what this position is supposed to do. But Belichick is that one coach who has who seems to know, look, this is what you do do well, this is what I'm going to get out of you, and I'm going to make this work. And so it's the sum of all parts. And so we can't say Dak isn't worth this money when Dak hasn't been put in a position to show his worth. Deshaun, you, you can say Deshaun ain't worth this money, but Deshaun, he's shown his worth by what he's been able to work with and do. And Dak has done the same exact thing. He's performed but guess what? There's there's other people on the team that you know have to be accountable as well. It's just I I didn't but I didn't say a, a negative word um, about Deshaun Watson. You feel what I'm saying? No, you I can't. Came here, I came on here and said he deserves his money. He, he you know what I'm saying they waited too long to pay him. Pay that man. Do all you can. I'm not mad at that. All I'm just trying to figure out is if all the numbers say 
Dak is better than Deshaun Watson. They have the same playoff record. They've been handcuffed by the same coach, by the same type of coach. Like if all the negatives, that all the plead y'all, because y'all definitely gonna plead for when y'all gonna defend Deshaun Watson getting paid and not Dak. So I'm trying to hear the difference. I just want to understand why y'all gonna move the goalposts. Keep it consistent. That's all I want to know. Keep it consistent. But we can move on. I'm glad you got your money, Deshaun Watson. I've been sold on you since Clemson, so I ain't mad at you, brother. Sorry, as an example. Hey, but look, like I always say, go get your money, black man. Yes, sir. So what you what you what you bubble ball, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, guy. Your favorite guy, Jimmy. You see how they're talking cash shit. I mean, I mean, I mean, who's, I'm not surprised. I seem like everybody else is surprised by, okay, y'all surprised by the Heat. I'm surprised by the Heat plan too. I'm not surprised by Jimmy, man. This is what Jimmy does. This is what Jimmy has consistently done. He took over the Bulls when Derrick Rose got hurt. Made them, took them to the playoff. He got the Timberwolves back to the playoff for the first time in a while. He had the Timberwolves balling. He over there. You see Sixers miss him. Oh, Joel, Joel keeps sending I miss you text. You know what I'm saying? You see you see the leadership and all he brings, but the negative, oh, Jimmy the headache. Jimmy's this, Jimmy's that. And it was all the negative. Then when he get to Miami, everybody loves Jimmy. I mean, everybody loves Jimmy in Miami. And it shows. Look at the team. Look at the team that bought. This team on paper is not that good. Let's be honest. Like and they play they they have they have some they have some pieces. They definitely have some pieces. It's it's really about once again it's like the sum of all parts and then you have that one person at the top that is motivating that team and really drawing the best out of that team. It's the same thing that we was talking about with OKC. OKC won't supposed to be in the playoffs either. Mm-hmm. But it was just like they had a young team, and they had that person at the top who was going to really put they, you know, put the foot in their ass when needed, motivate them, and bring the best out of those players. And so that's one of the, the most important things I think um, the Heat have right now is they have Jimmy, and Jimmy is not going to just sit here and let you, you know, bullshit and be weak and – he gonna make. He's going to make you play. He's gonna motivate you. He like you see how he be talking. Like he be talking like yo. I told you we got some players on this team. What y'all was thinking? And now look, they up three zero with against the one seed. But do you think about it? Is you got a championship coach and coach spoke like for some reason all of a sudden that we want to just keep minimizing. We we keep minimizing this for other coaches for some reason. I, like we don't want to give them credit for winning or. Or whatever we, we want to always move the goalpost, and I'm not understanding is that I was critical on Coach Spo in the beginning of his coaching career. He he didn't dispose all of that. Like Coach Spo is one of them top echelon coaches, and he's showing it time in and time out. And he got a game plan. He got some rough riders on his team. He got some players that he got some Spo players. You know what I'm saying? And he's making them work. And then like you said, you got Jimmy. It's a whole. It's a collective. That's 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 looking dangerous, and you got the Bucks, and I I don't know what's going on with the Bucks. To be quite honest, they look they look shaky, they look real shaky. They look flustered. They look punched in the mouth, and it seems like can't nobody punch back. So I honestly believe it's really just about playoff basketball. They don't have enough shooting for real. For real Why to to allow their star player the 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 space that he needs because he's gonna put his head down and he's gonna try and go to the room. I mean, yeah, they have like they have players who can make a shot, but they don't have a player who can just, you know, sit down in the corner and just really drain threes when you need it. David, that, 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 uh, we not, when I'm, I'm not letting you allow that right now. I, I'm not I'm not allowing it. I'm just saying okay. I can see it when you when when Giannis go to the cup, bro, you see it. They've been spreading out. They've been putting this. It's nothing but shooters on that team. It's nothing but shooters. Brooks can shoot. Kyle Corbett can shoot. George Hill can shoot. Chris Middleton supposed to be an all-star. He can shoot. You know, Eric Bledsoe can shoot. It's people that can space this floor. 
it's people that can face this floor. They just getting it. They just getting punched. They getting punched. Oh no, absolutely. And they've been playing the same exact way all year. It's just now they getting punched, and now all of a sudden they they not getting punched. They not punching back. They're def- They they got a they're a good defensive team. They're not allowing them to load up their defense. They run it when the, when the Heat get the ball. They run it. Well, I mean, but that's the Giannis th- is still bullying. He's no, one hundred percent. But bucket. Where is his? Where, where? But where is his help? Where is his number? Where is Middleton? What is Middleton doing? I mean, like I said, like I said during the um, last game, Chris Middleton just looked like that teacher that be balling a little bit too hard in the in the teacher versus student game because he used to ball in high school. That's what he remind me of. Like I just. I, I know he's, you know, now all-star. He's showing that he shoots. I just ain't really sold on him just because he don't have the – to me, it don't look like he got the heart for for this moment. And that's where I had an issue with – was it Richard Jefferson's statement that he made this week? Yeah. That I, is more of a Pippen. He's not an MJ. He's more – so he basically calling him a number two on a team, and he, he can't win. He, he's not the number one. That's the dumbest thing I've heard. And because my, what, what what kills me is how can you say he's not a number one when we're talking about him being a Scottie Pippen? When where's where's Giannis and Scottie Pippen? Because it ain't Middleton. That's my whole thing. You can't call you can't demote someone from their abilities because that, like you said, where is his help? Who is helping him out? So, if he's not if he's not getting no help, you know, no auxiliary help, then it, like I can only Giannis can only give you so much. If if Giannis score forty, the team you still need a whole like at least another fifty points to be competitive. This ain't a high school game where you can win by scoring forty. Now think about the debates that they had for the MVP all year, right? You know, Bron, Giannis, Bron, Giannis, and everybody kept the, the the deciding factor has been Giannis is doing it by itself, right or wrong. Absolutely. Now, either you believe that or not, but that's been the consensus deciding factor for most people giving it to Giannis. They say, you know what? He doesn't have his second superstar. He doesn't have the AD like Bron has. He doesn't have the second superstar like Bron has. He's doing it by itself. So now when you got hit, you out here and you in the playoffs where teams actually game planning and you know actually practicing for you to stop you, you can see that his sidekick is not coming up, is not stepping up, and it's evident. I mean, we know Giannis has a limitation. He he's been working on his jumper. Yes, he need a you know he needs to continuously work work on his jumper. We understand that handles. You know he need to get he need to get an ISO game as well. He actually, what he really needs, he needs a post game as well. He needs yeah. a post game because, like, how often do you really throw it to him in the post and he really, you know, he, he really back you down and give you a move? He may bully you. He may bully you in the post, but he needs some moves. He needs some post moves in the post. Yeah, because if now, like, if now I'm thinking about it, it's like everybody. you give him the ball at the top of the key, he's going to put his shoulder down, euro step, and get to the bucket. Like, can he can he back you down? Can he give you a shimmy? Can he give you an up and under? Can he give you some moves down there? They can give you some easy buckets. Can he slow this game down? You know? And then, you know, because – and then that's also going to, like, if if you start him in the post, guess what? That's going to collapse the defense. He can kick it out, and hopefully you can get some, you know, an NBA player and an open shot and expect them to hit it. I mean, it, it's got to happen. Budenhoser, this is what he does. He's a great – regular season coach and in the playoffs when things get you know get a little hot he don't really know how to handle that yeah and the crazy thing i want to say i want to say what happened in in kenosha that's where in wisconsin mm-hmm. i want to say that plays that they had something to do with that with the their mental their mental state i'm not giving them that excuse though i mean I, I'm not going to give him that excuse either because, I mean, this is – I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's your profession, and, yes, you have to 
you know, understand, but it's also, you know, it's the, it's always going to be a mental aspect of the game. We've seen players come through with, you know, like Isaiah Thomas, when his, when his sister passed, you know, he performed, you know, you see play you see players perform when it's, you know, something that's weighing heavy on their mind. And my whole thing is, you know, when it comes down to it, when you step on the court, you got to perform. That's just, it's just like with anybody's profession. I don't care what happens. Like, you know, my dad died. Guess what? I, when I went to work, they expected me to perform because guess what? It's still at the end of the day, shit still got to get done. We gonna we got to either get it done with you or without you. I, and gave so, I gave him that plea for game one. I'm like, you know what? Game one, y'all boycotted, you know, still heavy, weighing heavy on your mind. I gave him that game one. Y'all was up game two and three. Y'all was up. And, and then y'all blew some leads. Like, my whole thing is I, I I understand that it's, you know, in their backyard, but also everybody is in this bubble. And this is something that everybody has been talking about. It's been something that was been discussed since before going to the bubble. Yeah. So my whole thing is, yeah, it may be in Wisconsin. It may be in y'all backyard, but guess what? It's a topic of discussion with everybody down in Orlando. So once again, I can't necessarily give you that that um that, that pass because guess what you're there yeah. like you're there y'all you know as a, as an organization as a league that decision was made to go play in the bubble so guess what when something you know when something happens we all got to deal with it i get like i you said gotta I, gave put, you, I gave him that plea for game one <laughs> game one game two and three y'all had leads it's out the window y'all had leads in game two and three like you say, Jimmy took over last night in the fourth. Jimmy scored more in the fourth than the whole team. Like, come on now. Like, come on now. Where you pride at at some point? And, and it's funny how he, they're not, they're not reliant on Jimmy scoring big buckets because at the end of the, you know, when it comes down to it, Jimmy can have 40 and they can win. Jimmy can have 12. And though the the sum, like I said, I'll keep coming back to it. The sum of all parts can beat you because he's gonna play regardless. He's gonna play his defense. He's gonna be active. Mm-hmm. And then you still got some. You got like that Tyler Hero. I I need to know who he grew up around because he be hooping like yeah. You know I mean, like he was at the park, and I'm not talking about at the country club. I'm talking about the park. <laughs> and so, and then you know, Dragic, he got playoff experience. He and he, he's crafty. You got Bam, like I said, Bam. He, he, I don't. He, he, he surprised me. Like, yeah, he was my most improved player. Yeah, same. And it's just like, and and he's the one that you know when you have a superstar, is is hard to stop him. But Bam had like the way that he's. He's built with the size, his quickness, and speed. He go, he can give Giannis fits. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to hold Giannis to 10 points every game, but he's going to make him work. And, and, and that alone is, you know, like I said, we, see, we saw Giannis, you know, get the uh, defensive player of the year. So Giannis out there playing defense, and he's still got to work on offense. Oh, he spent. And you still got Crowder and Iguodala, two defenders, crafty defenders with playoff experience. So this team is definitely built. They definitely they was built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They was built for the playoffs and bubble ball. I don't even know if they was built for the like just for the playoffs. I think they might have been built for the Bucks because like it's almost like you can't do like it's almost like they negate every single thing that the Bucks can throw at you. Well, because they have. Hold on, if they built for the Bucks, then they are built for the playoffs because now but they that's what I'm saying. Everybody that we just named, they match up against well with any other team now. Yeah, true. Cause I mean, I think just outside, you know, the scoring prowess of Boston, but like you said, with these defenders, they can give Boston some hell. Boston has shocked me. I'm telling you, when you get Gordon Hayward out the way, <laughs> bro, things can change. I've been saying that every chance I get in the Facebook group. They love playing without Gordon Hayward. Finally, you move this statue out the way, 
and you let them boys run and gun and play with space. You let Tatum eat, Kemba's eating. You know, they they are scrappy. Now they look like a scrappy contender. Yeah. I'm, I'm, t- I'm t- telling you, man, the only reason why Gordon is in there because he is the Boston's dream. He, he, he's they he's first since Larry Bird. They, they need him. That fan base wants Gordon Hayward. And literally, whenever Gordon Hayward's on the floor, y'all ain't going nowhere. Every time. They want him, but it's just – they don't need him. And it's obvious. Look at Marcus Smart. Like, look at Marcus Smart playing. I really hate Marcus Smart's game. Like, I hate everything about his game. And he, but, and he, he draining threes. Like, you know he's going to defend. But it's like mm-hmm. they playing at a whole different level. And and it's spooky. But did that did that last lucky shot, lucky game-winning shot from the Raptors that kept him alive, did that save them in this series? I think so. I, th- I think it – because, I mean, it gives you hope, man. Like, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. It literally gave, it gave the Raptors hope and it kept it it kept it in there and I mean hey that was a hell of a shot yeah. but like everything about that was perfect like that shit was like some movie shit where everything is slow motion you just watch the ball go over I'm like he caught it in the shooting pocket literally like just like yeah. catch bang I'm like wow yeah. I rolled off the couch on that one. I was like, God damn. And that, I, was, that was pretty. We was doing our draft and we were like, oh, Lord. Woo. Yeah. Like, I, like I, just, I just think – go ahead. It's, it was crazy because the Raptors had was balling before they got to the bubble. When they got in the bubble, they, continued, they continuously balled and they was looking real dangerous in the bubble. And then the playoffs started. Okay, cool. You had the Raptors. I mean, not the Raptors. You had the, um, the Nets. You know, the Nets wasn't supposed to be there. And, you know, the Nets balled out. They, they, it was tough. It made every game tough. But you ultimately, you know, you beat the Nets. Then you get these boys, these Celtics, that, you know, beat the brakes off the Sixers. They hot. They feeling themselves. Yeah. You know, and they came out there and they, they punched the Raptors in the mouth. And they, and they seemed like, oh, my God, like, they not. They was like, oh, man, they forgot that they was champions all of a sudden. Yeah, and I think what happens is, Sometimes when you get that that kind of like when you get that kind of easy matchup and you play down to your competition a little bit, but you still run through them, then you come up with some like talent. Mm-hmm. Now you're not prepared because they don't just like, okay, these boys is faster. They make more shots. They're more athletic. They have more options. You know, it's just. The, the Celtics going to spread you so thin because they have so many scoring options and so many playmakers mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, what we where, where do we go? And, I mean, Van Fleet, I mean, everybody was hype about him from everything he was doing, in, you know, in the previous series and when they got to the bubble. But, I mean, he's kind of who we thought he was. He's a, a, a solid, you know, point guard for – you know, for what he is, but he's not hes not going to be someone that's going to take your team to the next level. I think you need another piece if you're going to be, you know, relying – because if you're relying on Fred Van Fleet's production, you're going to be asked out. I think that's the – I think the wrong – we will be critical on the wrong person because they started to crown Siaka. Like the oh, media, no. The media oh, yeah. started to crown Siaka. Oh, he's an all-star. He improved. He ready to take over. He that next – you know, he, he trying to put him up in that pedestal. That's the Pippin right there. He clearly looking like a Pippin. He ain't ready for superstar status at Spicy all. Pippin. He ain't ready for that at all. And it, it's showing. And they and cause they waiting for him. Every time they, they waiting for him to show up and just take over. And he that's not him. That's not him. He's a number two. That's the Pippin right there. That's the statement should have went to. And they should have been critical on him because they need him to be somebody that he's not. And in this area, I'm sorry, it may not show up. But oh no, it's 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 not coming. Like I can tell you that now, it's over for it's over for that. But that last shot, it might have saved them for this series. They might have, they might have, they might they might make it. You know, might extend this thing. Yeah, I I think they, I think they'll make it. They'll make it tough. Now, but go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your drive. My fault. 
No, I was gonna I was gonna transition to the ne- to the, the next matchup, but I, I know that's where you're going. You going? Huh? The next matchup? We yeah. do we really we really want to talk about the Clippers and the um and the Nuggets. I mean, we can. <laughs> we don't have to. I was, I was disappointed in the Nuggets game one. I'm, I'm not. I, I I was too, but I also think that they had to give so much in 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 that Jazz series, and. It, it was great. It was a great matchup. It was great. But then it's almost like now the Clippers is like, okay, now we have to play. They gave up so much, right? And just like Shaq said on Inside the NBA, he said, okay, where you traveling to? Yeah. Go right to your room. So you gave up so much, right? But you, you but you, they minimized the travel aspect. You That's know, you true. Like go on the, yeah, go on the plane and travel, jack leg and all that. Yeah, you do for a letdown game. After that, but you went to your room, and now it's time to elevate your game. Like first, of, first, of, first of all, you really should have went seven games with the Jazz. Let's be honest. You both yeah. been the better team. You was down three one. Let's be honest. You you never supposed to been that. And my whole thing, like with the Nuggets, that like to me the the Nuggets are almost kind of like the Clippers, where it's like I mean not the Clippers, but the Celtics, where you have so much talent. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a bunch of you know younger players now, and they starting to really come up. But with the options that they have with Murray, Jokic, I mean Michael Porter Jr. looking like who, like what like they said Michael Porter Jr. was gonna look like, mm-hmm. and it's just like okay, you you have all these options. It shouldn't it should you you shouldn't be this close. You should you shouldn't be, you know, like you said, fighting with the because it it was almost like. It was literally when in that series with the Jazz. It was like you have all these options, but y'all letting you know Donovan Mitchell just keep them in this the entire series. And you know that's what good teams do, though. You're supposed to put your foot on the neck and you're supposed to end it. You're supposed to run through everybody early. You feel me? And they didn't do that. And so now I think we're starting to see. You know, do they really even have that in them? But well, my but my thing is though, we we just seen. We really just seen the Clippers just struggle with the Mavs. Yeah, they struggle with Luca. Luca is a different, different boy. You know what I'm saying? Different. But outside of Luca, you feel what I'm saying? Outside of Luca, what are we saying? Yeah. Because KP was out, and they won a game without KP. Without you know Porzingis. So my thing is, I was so disappointed in the Nuggets in Game One that they they just lost all like they can they should they can make it tough. You know they can stretch it to five, six games, make it tough. But I'm, I'm, they, I'm so disappointed in them game one that I just have zero faith in in them in this series to do anything. And I mean, game one is is, is always is definitely how you set the tone. So I mean, if you come out flat like that in game one, and I don't see like you don't have that superstar where it's like, okay, guess what? Move out the way. I'm gonna take over. Then you gotta worry because it's like, okay. You behind the eight ball because, like, you know, nine times out of ten, not nine times out of ten, but statistics show if you take game one, you have a really high chance of winning the series. Mm-hmm. And you just you you gave up that game. So now you you always going to be behind the eight ball because guess what? You can't have a letdown game, too. Now you like, you know, they always talk about must win games, but. Game game two is very important because guess what? You lose game two. That's two games. You like you literally have, you know, a slim margin for error, you know, and especially going against a team that people are picking uh, picking anyway. So it's like you need to come out, you need to come out firing. You can't have any missteps. You can't come out flat. And I just don't understand how when it's do or die playoff time. This ain't regular season. Like we know, we know what's on the line. If you want to be a championship team, you got to come out firing. Mm-hmm. What happened? That's that's what. Like I said, you, you took the words out of my mouth. Like I said, I don't, I lost all faith in the night, and it is what it is. See you next year. <laughs> like see see you next year. But what I really want to get to, I want to get to your boy, your, your boy, the former point guard. You know, the guy Steve Nash has become the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. You know, a lot of it, it was a controversial hire. Let's go ahead and just get that out of the way. It was a controversial hire. 
Uh, we didn't even know he wanted to be a coach. Uh, we didn't know anything about nothing. It just popped up. There was no rumor at all. They just popped up, oh, Steve Nash is the coach. And it took everybody by storm. Some people had to sit back, get the information, and had to understand why he got hired. And, you know, some people said some other things, some some racial things. They said some racial aspect has some something to do with it, white privilege, everything. You know, everything's been said about this hire. And since this, this is your boy, this is your boy, you know, your all-time favorite point guard. <laughs> your boy, I'm going to let you go ahead and defend your guy. Look. I'm going to just throw it out right now that I don't believe, like, I'm a firm believer that white privilege exists, but I'm just not going to put it out on this one because we've seen it happen with other people and other players before. What I'm just tripping off of is, damn, this came out of nowhere, at least, like, when it was, like, Jason Kidd and Derek Fisher. We was kind of like, all right, you're trying to get into some coaching. You could kind of see it. And, you know, he was like a, a consultant with the Warriors, but it wasn't like he was on the bench. It wasn't like he was, you know, discussing personnel and giving advice and in practice, you know, working on, you know, hey, this would be a good play and, you know, dr- you know, on the whiteboard and stuff. So it was just like, hey, where did this come from? And once again, like you said, there's been like, I, I ain't going to try and take your point, but there's been players that have been, you know, putting in that work, putting in that time to really get an opportunity like this and what I can say is the only thing for those people that say this is white privilege the only thing that I can say is I don't know how many other coaches could just fall into an opportunity like this where you join a team with Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving and it's already almost like a ready-made team Yes, it's still going to be some growing pains because we don't know how KD is going to look when he comes back. And Kyle stay healthy anyway. So, it's, But just to have that opportunity, that may be what people are getting at. But I, I don't see, you know, I'm not going to go that far and say this is white privilege. I'm just confused because it's just like, what about those people who have been putting in that work, been sitting on the bench, traveling, and outside of the spotlight, even though they, you know, they've been former NBA players and this is what they're actually trying to get. My whole thing was, is, are we that, remember what I mentioned about Spo? How we trying to minimize championships? Right. That's the ultimate goal is to get a championship. Championship experience as a coach means something. It matters. And you mean to tell me that Lou wasn't on the front, like, he wasn't in the driver's seat for this job. Like, I'm confused on that aspect because I think that somebody that has a proven record to deal with multiple stars, he has mm-hmm. credibility with the players, you know, he won a championship as a coach. He's won a championship as a player. Like, he, he, he you know. He's been there. He's been there. He got it all, and he doesn't get the job. Okay, cool. That's fine. So you're hoping that the relationship that Steve Nash has with the GM and Kevin Durant, hoping that the IQ that he has can, you know, he can lean that towards, he can give some of that to Kyrie. You're hoping that it works. You're hoping that it works. But when, like, I mean, some people gamble, and it it may work. Hey, Steve Kerr didn't have coaching experiences either. And he took a ready-made team, and he took them over the top. Made some adjustments, took them over the top. I mean, it happened. I'm just saying, I mean, relationships matter. We know relationships matter. It, it, it is what it is. We're not even going fake it, funk it, none of that. It's just relationships do matter. All I am going to say is I'm, I've been consistent across the board. In the NFL, in baseball, hockey, soccer, I don't care. I want my coach to have paid his dues. I want them to pay some type of dues, some type of coordinator, some type of position coach, some type of coaching position, some type of some type of coaching experience. Because to me, because it's more because it's more than just sitting on the bench and, you know, saying, hey, 
the X's and O's. It's also managing personalities. It's also really understanding, you know, the the management of the actual game. Some, sometimes you can't get that. It's easy to say, oh, you know, this is what you got to do. This is what you should do. This is what you do. But having that experience being in those positions and saying, this is what we need to do in this situation and actually proving it and, you know, watching it happen, being in the fire when it's you that's on the hot seat when a, a decision that you make can cause, you know, you to lose your job and you have to make that decision and actually, you know, being held accountable for. That's something that you can't get by just sitting on the sideline because it's a lot. And it's, it's real easy for people to say, oh, I would have did this in that situation. But would you? Would you have done that trying to manage personalities, manage a team, you know, please your players? And, you know, maintain your job, things like that. So it's not just hindsight 2020 and armchair quarterback. And it's really being in that fire. That's why I want somebody to have experience. And I don't want somebody just to come out from, you know, the the woods and just say, okay, I'm the coach now. I kind of want you to kind of, you know, have been close to the game at least recently. Because to me, they're going to be hit. They're going to be a media team next year. It's going to be – they're going to be one of them headline team every every week, you know. Oh, they have they have instant championship aspirations. Aspirations is, oh, that's basketball. But I'm talking about the media. You know, Kevin Kevin Durant's going to say something after the game. Kyrie's going to say something after the game. You know, um, what, are, what are they going to do with Kevin LeVert? Um, Dinwiddie's coming back. They're going to have, you know, a basketball chemistry issue mm-hmm. per se. And it's going to be played out through the media, right? And Steve Nash has been, like, a media darling, like, his whole career. Like, they – okay. All the criticism that Phoenix got was was for Dan Tony yeah. or his system. But they never said a negative word about Steve Nash. How is he going to handle this negativity or how is he going to handle a tough situation when he's never been in that? He's never had to deal with that. I'm just saying. And not even not even a tough situation. How's he gonna deal with KD and Kyrie, two of the most temperamental players that are in this league? But he, because he, but he has he has a relationship with him, a friendly relationship with him. Like you know, some people yeah, can't okay. handle criticism. Exactly, and it, it ain't it, it's different when you giving me advice and you're not necessarily my coach. You just saying, hey, after the fact, oh, you know, maybe you should do this, this, and this, and we can talk it out in the heat of the moment in the games when. Kyrie is over there dribbling the air out of the ball and KD wants, you know, you know, feels like he should have the ball or something like that. And, or somebody misses a shot and you tell, tell KD to relax or whatever the case may be. These two players are emotional. You can say something to them and who knows, you might lose them. And it's real easy to say, oh, we have a relationship, but it's never, it's been a personal relationship. Now this is business. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's when things are always blown up when, you take a personal relationship and you make it business. Not everybody can do that because people still have that personal relationship, that personal relationship mindset when it comes to business. And so that's when people like KD and Kyrie might fizzle out. But the thing about it is you have somebody with Tyrone, Tyron Lou that has handled two, two major personalities. So he knows mm-hmm. He can lean on his experience in this department when it comes to when it comes towards him. But you got somebody like 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 Steve Nash that hasn't hasn't done that, and it's going to happen. Like this is the Brooklyn Nets in the media capital in New in New York. These are a championship aspiration team. This is an instant con- contender. Instantly, they haven't even played a game yet. In the moment they signed, they became contenders. So these are expectations that you got to deliver on. How do you handle that when you haven't done that in your career or in coaching? Like, but I mean, but hey, it happens. I mean, good luck to you. Like I said, I had to take, I personally hate Steve Dash, you know, but I had to take my personal hate for Steve Nash out of the way and I had to lean on my logic. I need coaching experience. You know, I don't care how long you had coaching experience. I don't care how long you had it. I just want some type of experience. I want you to go through some type. I want the I want the criteria to be clear. You feel what I'm saying? I don't want it, I don't want it to be that 
Oh, yeah, we went to happy hour. We had a great time. You know what? I'm about to make you the coach, bro. You know what I'm saying? I don't want like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have mind this hire for a young team where it's like, okay, we're going to give you a shot because we need some, We we need to infuse some life in this organization. We need to try something new and – Hopefully you can bring a new perspective because we're a young team. We ain't been winning things like that. I'm not bringing, like you said, we like it's championship or bust. Like, like if Giannis, if Giannis leave Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then you got KD and Kyrie, you like they're not gonna like ain't no oh we, you know we just didn't come out. No, you your expectations are to be the number one seed and to win this all next season. It ain't no, oh, Kevin Durant ain't, you know, he's not all the way back. No, I ain't nobody trying to hear that. I'm glad, you said, I'm glad you said that. I'm sorry I had to cut you off. We had a, um, in our Facebook group, it was a hypothetical question, and I already answered it. Me too. I said, right, okay, so, no, it's already in there. But yeah, if Giannis leaves? No, 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 we can answer because not everybody's in the Facebook group that listen to us like i'm so cool hypothetically, he said if Giannis leaves and i think he said did he say the warriors yeah go say, to the warriors specifically say the warriors yes i believe he specifically said the golden the state warriors if he leaves is he going to get the same criticism that Bron and katie had and i responded oh we are not giving Giannis a pass at all and i even threw in if he goes to miami which is a possibility has been thrown out there as well because they have a lot of cat space next off people like, he's going to look like a whole ho period, leaving Milwaukee. So, I'm going to be consistent because, for me personally, like I said, I've always been on the – like, I try to be on the side of the players when it comes to player versus organization. Because, to me, regardless of what's going on and how devoted and how much of a team player, you, you know, you are – that team, they can trade you, they can cut you at the drop of a dime, regardless of what you've given to that city and what you've given to that franchise. So for me, throughout your tenure, if I feel like you aren't necessarily doing any, you know, what the necessary steps to get over the hump, although, you it, you know, arguments can be made about Giannis, but if I feel like this isn't where – we're, you know, we're not on the same path. We're not on the same, you know, trajectory for this common goal. I have no issues with players leaving. Oh. <laughs> Shit. Well, but yeah, I have no issue with uh, players leaving because guess what? Half the time, you're not, like, you're not necessarily where you may have wanted to be. You Like, when you, like, when you come in, they draft you. The draft, you don't, you can't say, "Hey, I like this team. I like this franchise. I like what they're building." This common goal. They draft you and say, "This is where you're gonna be." And so, in the NBA, how it goes, most of the time, after that first con, like you're gonna resign that first time, just because the amount of money that you can get is just astronomical. Like I won't say astronomically greater, but you get a nice, pretty penny if you just resign to where you're at. And so, majority of the time, that player is that star player is going to re-sign after that first contract. But after that, oh, they on the move, baby. And guess what? The way the timing is, I don't have no issue with it. And my whole thing is, if I'm sitting here on the sidelines and I'm watching, you know, some pickup games, and the team that's winning – they didn't ran through everybody. They didn't, you know, beat everybody five games, five games in a row. They didn't run it off. One of their players, they leave and they're like, yo, we, we need one. And I'm the best nigga left. I'm like, all right, pick me up. <laughs> like, so I, I, I'm, so, I'm just supposed to just like make it, you know, I'm so, he's, so he's just supposed to go to the Suns. Who are we supposed to go to? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I believe it's different because I, I believe the GM is going to actually going to actually do something in his own in his power to make him stay, make him you know they're going to find a piece, they're going to find a way to find another piece. I believe that. If I'm Giannis, I'm going to keep putting the pressure on on the team. Like I'm not I'm not about to sign this super max long term deal 
and hope you, you do something. I may sign a one year deal with y'all and be like, you know what? Go find me somebody. Yeah. Find me. And if you don't find me somebody, I'm giving y'all this is my last time giving y'all another chance. I'm out. Like I'm young enough to do this. I'm young enough to, you know, to try this one year deal thing or a small term, short term deal thing to put pressure on the front office. And here's my thing. What I what what people have to realize is the media needs to make up their mind. Because the media, are you going to criticize a person for staying with a team and not winning a championship? Or are you going to criticize a person for, you know, okay, the, the championship is the only way I can solidify my legacy as a great and not get talked about in the future. So guess what? I'm going to go and try and get me a championship. No, they're going to do both. But that's but that's but that's my point. So you like if if, if you want like I'd much rather get talked about and have a ring than not have a ring. Yeah. Cause look at Charles Barkley. He can't be in a room with Shaq and not get talked about. Yeah, which is getting is is getting a little corny, like I said, but I mean it's still funny. And it's like like you can be you can be an all time great player, but you'll get the yeah, but like yeah. I was one of the best to ever do this. Mm-hmm. But you gonna just yeah, but me like, I mean, like okay, and we want to talk about how you know someone like you talk about how great Jordan was. It was almost like you know you weren't getting the ring when he was around. Yes, there's some who did it, but it's how like it's how many teams in the NBA? Thirty. You know what I mean? So it's just like okay, maybe you know five out of chance can you know realistically have a shot so if i'm one of the top three best players but maybe my team is the seventh best eighth best i'm at a you know i'm at a disadvantage what's our time what's our time on we have 50 minutes we have 50 can we get to let's do it yeah huh get two topics left in or yeah we can do it we can do it uh boom yeah um this is your topic, though. This is your, um, your Big Ten um, um, college football joint. All right, so give me the ball. Give me the ball. There you go. Chest pass. You know All right. <laughs> Jab step. Jab step. Triple threat. Okay. Okay. All right, man. So, <laughs> I, so th- it takes me back to my question. Why are we doing this? I, like, is this not what I said? Is this not what I was saying? Where you're putting these – like, you're putting these kids – in these positions where it can mess them up long term. This is such a new virus that we don't know the true long term ramifications of this. And so now you're putting children, yes, they are children because if if they're, you know, asking for money, you're going to call them kids. So we're going to call them kids. So you're putting them in these positions. You're putting them in, you know, on these teams with about 80 players. I'm sorry. Most people still don't believe that this virus is real or it's even that bad. But me personally knowing multiple people who have gotten it, I've taken it serious. Hearing about the people who have struggled with it, hearing about the people who have died from it, I've taken it serious. But also, knowing me, when I'm 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, I was fucking invincible. <laughs> Nothing could touch me. I'm good. I'm out here smoking weed, running red lights. These cops can't touch me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, of course. And then throw in that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a world-class athlete. I work out every day. I'm in, I'm in peak physical condition. No, I'm not worried about none of this. But nobody's thinking that, you know what, some of these some of these athletes, guess what? They might have they might have asthma. They might have some pre existing conditions that we don't know about. How many times have we heard players they come in for a physical and next thing you know, oh I got a heart condition. I can't even play football no more. You know what I mean? So like you're putting you're putting these people in these positions also you can make a dollar. You're sacrificing people's children also you can make a dollar. And this just shows how ignorant, how money hungry a lot of these people are because they come into these kids' homes and once again, they tell them, 
oh, we're a family. We're going to take care of, you're going to take care of your child. I'm going to send them back to you, a man. I'm going to groom them. I'm going to, you know, teach them about life. I'm going to be a father figure. I'm going to be a mother figure, whatever the case may be for whatever sports you play. But I know my, my mom, she, you staying away from people, you wearing your mask. She's not, she's not going to just, Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to make some money and you can't tell and and you can't tell these athletes not to play because guess what? You tell athletes to do this all the time. You tell them to put their health to the side. You tell them to play through injuries. You tell them to play when they hurt. You tell them to fight through it. So this is ingrained in them. Mm-hmm. Once again, the adults have to step up and say, no, you telling me 30 percent, 30 to 35 percent of players in one league have the same heart condition. It's not like just this, not just like 30 to 35 percent of players, you know, have, you know, gotten covid and recovered. Or, no, you have you have a, a condition that stems from it. And I believe this condition affects the heart. Mm-hmm. The most important, <laughs> the most important thing in our body is your heart, because that's literally what keeps everything running. It's your engine. And just like the funny thing about, just like when we were talking about the combine and Cannon said, how are y'all finding out some of these heart conditions and some of these conditions some now at the physical at the combine, but you couldn't figure it out then? That's what he said, right? Mm-hmm. Loosely. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're finding out about a about a heart condition that's attributed it to this disease, this virus, and y'all still trying to find a way to play. Like you're not you're not gonna do your own. That's this is the part that pisses me off. We 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 both parents. You're not gonna do your own child like this. So why are you doing other people's kids like this? This is terrible. And that's the sad part about it. You, y'all can wait. This money is not going nowhere. It's going to come. It may come back faster next go around. So right. let, let, let me just let me just read this to you real quick because I just wanted to make sure. So myocarditis is inflammation of the middle layer of the heart wall. Myocarditis is usually caused by a viral infection, as we know. A severe case can weaken the heart, which can lead to heart failure abnormal heartbeat and sudden death what like yeah they talk about you know it you know is you know can be resolved you know within months but why are we putting people in at risk for this for other people's enjoyment just to watch football like i said before kids kids like i said before i i i I don't mind the nfl Going going back because they have you know they have a players union they have reps people speak for them they're making money, money. but you're telling me you're putting free labor out there to get hurt to get this like so not only do I have to play with you know always knowing that I can just get hurt and I have no not, like I have nothing to show for it but now I could I could get a heart condition and I could possibly die just so I could play football and you billions nah man I ain't with that so by the time by the time this comes out it'll be the week of the opening week in the NFL and we normally you know you know how we normally do we normally give our prediction and we ain't gonna gonna drag it out we ain't gonna go we ain't gonna break down the whole playoff we just gonna go straight to it straight to the final Cannon gonna get y'all as well I want to know Super Bowl prediction right now. AJ, let's go. I have no fucking clue. And I feel you. <laughs> Bro, this has been like, I literally just realized, like, when we said, oh, we have our fantasy draft coming up, like, oh, shit. It's, like, about to be really football. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, this has been such a quiet offseason because nobody's had it. Nobody had OTAs, many camps. You didn't hear no rumblings. So, all I can say is I'm going – I got to go to Chiefs because – did they get worse? Chiefs versus who, though? Uh, Chiefs versus 
Um, damn, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna do Chiefs versus Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Okay. I kind of like that though. Kind of like that because Minnesota definitely rebuilt. They rebuilt so quick on the fly with either equal or better players, and they had a cap issue. Trade. And that GM definitely deserves some credit for that one. Yeah. I I have thought about this. <laughs> and I got I got the Ravens going to the Super Bowl, getting over that hump. Hmm. I got the Saints finally getting over that hump. Yeah, that's 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 who I wanted to go with, but it's just like it's hard. It, it's hard, especially seeing the way that they've been knocked out the last couple of years, man. I just I and with Drew Brees getting older, I just I just don't know. My so. thing about it, my logic is with this shortened off season with no OTAs, no mini camp. It saves his arm. Not even not even that. There's there's abbreviated uh training camp with no preseason games, no nothing. Continuity is gonna be key for most Yeah. Teams. That's why I gotta go to Chiefs because it's like And I like the Chiefs. I was I'm not going to Chiefs because I told you about the, how I feel about the Chiefs. Feel, even though they had a, a magnificent offseason, they did pop, they possibly probably did everything perfect. They did everything better. They may even be technically a, a better team on paper this time. I just feel that they're just they're going to be the hunted now. Everybody knows about them. They're going to just everybody just, know about them before. Yeah, and they lost, and then they won. Yeah, I mean, but who did they like? What who did they play to get there? You feel what I'm saying they didn't yeah. play. They didn't. They didn't play the teams with a with a uh, championship pedigree in the playoffs. They played the Titans, and and they played the um played the um um Texans. See what I'm saying? Two teams that always they thought up in the um, playoffs. I mean, I, we said we weren't gonna drag this out, but out of the AFC, who really who else really gonna give them hell outside of the Ravens? That's why I'm picking the Ravens. <laughs> okay. I'm not about to say they about to fall off the cliff. Oh no, I, I get you, I get you. I'm just saying, just like with, with the target on their back. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, because I'm just going off of you going off continuity. I'm going off continuity, right? The Ravens improved their team all across the board. They got Calais Campbell. They had a magnificent draft. They got weapons galore now. Like yeah. under the, and they still have the same core of their team, so they can get better. They can actually get better than what they was. That's why I have them. And then I got the, like I said, I got the um, Saints continuity. They got better as well. They had yeah. a good draft. They got another weapon outside of Michael Thomas. Finally, you know, what I'm saying the defense. Um, um, Marshawn Latimer has an actual capable corner over there on the, um at the number two. The safety they brought Malcolm Jenkins in back. That Emmanuel, that Emmanuel Sanders signing is really, really big. Gonna be key. And that's why I, I, I do like the Saints. But you know, sometimes it's usually always one team where it's like, oh, we didn't really expect you to get there. That's why I'm going to Vikings. And I and I like I said, I like the Vikings move. Like I said, they they replaced everybody they got rid of, and they either it was equal or either upgraded. Their secondary was trash. Well, the corners was trash last year anyway, so yeah. everybody's an upgrade now. Um, right. You know? So, yeah, I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings. especially brought in Ngakwe. And he, at yeah. this point, he may be an upgrade over Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin, yep. So, you match him so. with the Neil Hunter? With, well, come on, man. Come That's on, scary. Man. With that defense? That's scary. In that division that I'm not sold on. Yeah. Well, you know. This is episode 77. You know, you just hit, that's AJ. I'm here. You know, happy birthday, Cannon. Happy 40th. Um, you can catch us on all major podcast platforms, Three Man Weave, Instagram, Twitter, Three Man Weave underscore. You can email us on podcast.3.man.weave at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, before I go, I forgot to say this. We do have a new fantasy football show coming to, coming to this network. I repeat, I butchered that. We have a new fantasy football show coming to this network. So stay tuned for all my fantasy football heads out here. We have guys setting y'all up, you know, hitting y'all with advice. 
you know, tips, everything you need regards to fantasy football. Check that out this week. Coming. We out. Hey, Nichelle, put that at the beginning of the video. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Might do a little editing. All right. I'm the live. Okay. Okay. Exit out all this shit. You can start recording us too. Yeah, I know I'm about to right now.